0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Um, I want to share a message with you. And I know this is the first Sunday of the the new year uh, for you as a church and as people of God. And so I want to just share something that God had put on my heart. I shared this at our church actually last week. um, And it started how God dropped the message in my heart was probably August the 4th, I believe, of 2018. And we have a little prayer group that meets once a month on Saturday mornings. And um, the Lord had been dropping in my heart the, the need for God's people to be established. Um, and what that word means is to be settled, to be firm like uh, i was a little farm boy growing up and you could dig a post hole and put it in the ground and uh but if you put cement in it it's even more secure you know what i mean it's like unshakable and god began dealing with me about how we needed to be unshakable in our faith and so i shared that with the prayer group that morning how god was dealing with me about that and The need for his people to be unshakable because we're living in times and in days where there's lots and lots of things happening in the world, lots of things happening in our own families. I mean, I I got to the hotel yesterday and um, the news was on in the lobby, and uh, they had the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, uh, talking about the possibilities of Iran attacking us and all kinds of stuff like that. So there's lots of things happening in the world. Lots of things happening in our own lives. But God's desire is that you and I be established in our faith. He wants us to be settled and secure and firmly anchored so that no storm that comes our way can, can shake us or move us off the course. So in this year, in 2020, it's a new decade as well, God's desire for you and I is that we be established in our faith. He wants us to be established in our faith. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to be strong in our faith. And I want to start with the end in mind. Uh, I'm going to just read a scripture from uh, Psalms 112, verse 6 through 7. And that's kind of what I'm going to end with because that's the goal of my message is to help us be people of God, that we can live a a life in a way that's established. (laughs) Psalms 112, verse 6 through 7 says, Surely he will never be shaken. Well, who's he? Well, he is a, the scripture calls it a righteous person. Uh, It says, The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings because his heart is steadfast. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And that's my title for my message. Now, I'm an old King James guy. Grew up reading King James. And in the King James, uh, it says, my heart is fixed. Like that post that's stuck in the ground with cement poured in it. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people this morning and holy spirit we just acknowledge that we're totally dependent upon you or It's in you that we live we move we have our being and lord as we uh, begin to enter a new year and a new decade father we're seeking first of all your guidance in our lives lord we want to be led by your spirit we want to walk in your ways and lord we want to be firmly anchored and established in our faith. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us today. Give us ears to hear. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just uh, awaken hearts, God. Let revelation flow in spite of me, God, that you would speak to your people those things that they need to hear, to receive, that are going to make them strong in you in this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, the definition of uh, that word fixed or established is to to make firm, um, to confirm or to make secure, um, and it's kind of a, a connotation to it of like a, a plant or agricultural term, like a plant having taken root and growing well. And so I had told you about how God had been speaking to me about the need for his people to be established, and I got an email one day and it was a story of a pastor, and I'll mention his name only for the sake of prayer. Uh, His name is Joshua Harris, and um, I had read a book by him and used a book by him to mentor men uh, called uh, Not Even a Hint. It was a book on uh, pornography and how men can overcome uh, pornographic uh, habits and things like that, but he's really more popular for a book, I think, it's... um, I said goodbye to dating or something like that. But what happened to this uh, pastor of, of, of like a mega church was something happened in his life that shook his faith. He divorced his wife, gave up his congregation, and the article that I was reading says that he was no longer even professing or claiming to be a Christian. And I was like, wow, how could that happen? to a, a, a man of God that's ministering to people, that's teaching people, blessing, leading people to Christ. And um, something happened in his life to, to, to veer him off course. And that's why we need to pray for him. Because the opening of my scriptures, I want to just show you some things in scripture that warns us that these things can happen and will happen. And so my main text today is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8. And he wrote, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Colossae to uh, address a problem that was going on in that church, um, which I'll get into in a little bit. But let me just read this passage of Scripture. Colossians 2, 6 through 8 says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith just as you've been taught, just as you were taught. Abounding in thanksgiving, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and, according, and not according to Christ. And so I'm like, how could this happen? And in, in that season I was actually walking in, there were things in my life that uh, frustrations and, and challenges as all of us have but the danger is it's when those things make you begin to doubt or question God amen it's when they make, begin to make you doubt and this scripture right here is saying uh, to to be on guard that no one deceives you or takes you captive now Second uh, Corinthians eleven three is another passage of scripture where Paul addresses the church of Corinth a same kind of situation. He's dealing with some issues going on in that church. And verse 3, chapter 11, verse 3 of Second Corinthians says, But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And so I often like to take heed to those kind of warnings that God gives us in Scripture because God's desire is that we not be led astray, that we not be deceived, that we don't become focused on something other than Jesus Christ and who he is. And so in that Scripture that Paul wrote in Colossians, he says, I want you to be rooted and built up in him and established or secure in the faith. Now, that little phrase, the faith, I like to qualify that um, because I've heard people make this statement that my faith is personal. Um, And usually what comes behind the meaning of that is you can't tell me how to live. You can't, you know, tell me if I'm doing something wrong because my faith is personal. You can't correct me. I don't even know we all need to be corrected. Oh my gosh, we all need adjustments uh, in the things of God. So it's not talking about the faith like your faith that you personalize any way you want to relate to God. Does that make sense? So the faith is actually, a summarization of it is 1 Corinthians 15:3 through 6, that I want to read here for you. It says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas or Peter, then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at once, most of whom are still alive. And so the essence of the gospel and, and, our, and of our salvation is only based in Jesus Christ and what He did for us on the cross. It's not based on any merit that we have, any good works that we do. We're saved by grace through faith, and that's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Amen? It's not of works, so nobody can brag or boast or say, I'm a good person. I'm a nice guy. I mean, I was a really nice guy before I came to Christ, but I was, as they say, lost as an Easter egg. You know, being a nice person doesn't get us entrance into heaven. It's our faith in Jesus Christ. And so what Paul was dealing with in the church of Colossae was some false teachings and false doctrines that were uh, kind of infiltrating the church, and a lot of it came through the culture that they were in. You know, philosophies or little uh, sayings that people have but actually, in the, the Church of Colossae, what they were dealing with was something called Gnosticism. And in, that's a really big word, and it's not really the focus of my message, but I just want to explain it a little bit. But basically, what that teaching was, was that through special knowledge and uh, a real disciplined life, um, you could be saved and have eternal life. And that Jesus was really just a good man, um, not really God in the flesh, um, and then we can get to heaven on our own. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that that's a, that's a lie. That's a lie. It's a deception. And some of the things that you may hear in in our own thing, kind of things that deceive us um, and could lead us astray, is that God is so loving; He could He could never send anybody to hell. You know, have you ever heard somebody say that? He's so loving. Well, how could a a loving God punish us for our sins? Well, there's two sides to the nature of God. There's his goodness and then there's his wrath. And we've got to be familiar with both of them. And we've got to be strong because in America, in our culture, there's so much things that are happening in culture to make us compromise the things of God and the ways of God. Uh, You know, as well as I know, there's identity crisis in our culture. People don't know what sex they are. They want to be all different kinds of sexes. But God is saying, I want you, my people, to be strong because I've called you out of the darkness of the world into the light of my kingdom. And God wants us to be strong in these things. He wants us to be rooted and grounded in them. So there's a thing called universalism where, you know, everybody gets to go to heaven. Well, that sounds good. On the surface, but it's a lie. And the only way to heaven is through faith in Jesus Christ, putting your trust in Him. Uh, We can't earn it. (laughs) There's there's no good thing in us that's going to be able to stand before God and say, "You should let me in. I deserve to be here." It's the mercy of God. It's the grace of God, and that's what we're saved by. So it's very important that we don't begin to drift from those things or let them cause us to compromise. So these philosophies are things that can lead us astray or take us captive. And then there's traditions of men. i just just give a real quick example of a tradition of men. A tradition of men is when a religious practice actually becomes more important than people. You know, And, if, and that practice becomes so important that you um, either condemn people because they're not doing it as opposed to loving people. The the situation from Scripture was, it says Jesus and his disciples were eating in this place, Mark chapter 7. And it says the disciples didn't wash their hands. They They didn't wash their hands. And the Pharisees says they were defiled. Now, they weren't talking about they might get a stomach ache because they didn't wash their hands and get something, I mean, they ate something bad. They were talking about they were defiled spiritually because they didn't wash their hands before they ate. And so Jesus had to address that tradition and put it in perspective. It's not what goes, uh, it's not on the outside of what defiles a person, but it's what's on the inside that, that defiles people. And so religious traditions can, uh, can deceive us and pull us away. Offenses, getting upset with your church or your pastor, your wife or husband, can, can derail you spiritually because an offense begins to close you off to the Spirit of God uh, when your heart becomes uh, offended. Um, disappointment and unfulfilled expectations. That was one I had to, to deal with some things I was like hoping to have or God provide for me and they just didn't materialize or hadn't materialized yet. Uh, you can't let those things distract you or pull you away. And then there's temptations, which all of us face different temptations um, and enticements. It says in the, uh, Colossians, don't let anything take you captive. Well, you want to get somebody in cap- captive, you got to either overpower them or you got to deceive them some way. And that's what temptations do for us, right? The Suffering is another thing that can, can uh, derail us spiritually. And that God wants us to be strong. And What's our attitude about suffering? We live in such a prosperous nation. And we have so many advantages and benefits here in America that we can sometimes think that suffering is something that everybody shouldn't have to put up with. And if you're not careful, you can... Uh, the enemy will use that, especially when you're like Job and that suffering goes on a long time. Now, it's it's okay if it's like a day or a minute, you know, suffering for a minute or two. But when it's a long period of time, you know, are we going to stay true and still believe that God is who he says he is? And believe me, that's the kind of pressure that's coming on the earth in these last days against the people of God. Let me read 1 Timothy 4.1 as an example. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation. 1 Timothy uh, 4.1 says, But the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in the latter times... Now, how many of you believe we're living in the latter days? Oh, Amen. There's plenty of proofs. That, that if we had time, we could, could tell you about. But it says, Unmistakably that in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith, paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of demons. So the deception changes your focus. And the last thing that could lead you astray is, is lies. And lies are the first step Uh, towards sin Uh, Eve was the example the serpent came to her and said did God say put a question mark there so you need to know what God says amen you need to know and have assurance and not question what God says to you and speaks to you from scripture and in your heart so Jesus has said that there's going to be false prophets in the last days. It's going to be false Christ. And if in 2020, if we want to be a growing disciple, if we want to be someone that's growing in our relationship to Christ, we want to be someone that's devoted to Christ, then we need to be people that are strong in the faith. We need be people that are, are rooted and grounded in the things of God. Um so what does it look like to be established, to be an established person, uh, a, a strong Christian? What does it look like? Well, Paul uses two metaphors in Colossians, and the first one is the word rooted, to be rooted. Um, and that's an agricultural term. It speaks of being planted and growing, to be planted and growing. scripture says, as you receive Christ, that's like first base. You receive Christ then it says walk in him so that's you start living your life it's not you get saved and that's it it's all over and I'm not talking about earning your salvation but I'm saying there's things you got to do to grow if you if you plant flowers and you don't water them or you don't give them any fertilizer guess what <laughs> they're probably going to die unless it's, unless it's a weed Now, weeds don't take much of anything. They just thrive. But if it's a good, healthy plant, then you've got to put some nutrients in it for it to grow grow and to be healthy. So you receive Christ, you grow in him, you begin to walk in him. That's why it's so important to be established in a good Bible teaching church and to be with people of faith that can encourage you in the things of God. Uh, Your roots have to grow down deep. I've got a, uh, a, what is it called, a maple, um, red maple tree. I've actually got two. Uh, But this one was the first one I bought, and I've moved that thing like four times in my yard, and it still is not thriving. But I didn't move it immediately. I planted it. I let it sit there and tried to cultivate it and let it grow and stuff. Uh, But for whatever reason, it's still not growing. But if I pulled it up every other day, that tree would never grow or thrive. You've got to give roots time to get established. And that's the same way in your spiritual life. Another word God had been giving me um, is first the natural, then the spiritual. First the natural, then the spiritual. Now, in my mind, spiritual is the best, man. Why even think about the natural? We're no longer natural men, but the way God operates is he says the natural first, then the spiritual. So if I was to ask you to run a marathon, brother, tomorrow, could, could you run a marathon? No, you, brother, you. <laughs> could you run a marathon tomorrow if I were to ask you to run a marathon tomorrow? You, you couldn't do it, no matter how you passionate you were about it. No matter how much you loved running, you got to train. You got to get out and you got to do stuff probably for a time span of a year, I would think, to get your body physically conditioned to be able to do all those different events and activities in a marathon. When you're in the kingdom of God, you're in a marathon. You're not in a sprint. You know, and you, you've got to be strong. So there are some things you've got to do Um, Again, they're not to earn your salvation, but they're to help you become strong and to become rooted and grounded in the things of God. Um, The second term was built up. Now, that's a construction term, and it talks about um, there's a foundation already been laid, and then you add on to the building. And so that's teaching and how small groups interactions and people mentoring and sowing into our lives so my question is do we have that that's, that's the kind of questions I was asking our church last week is do we have that uh, and how strong is that in our life how strong is that in our life are we being built up there's a trend and I may have said that here before um, that people attend church about once a month on average once maybe twice a month on average um, and I'm not saying it's wrong to only go to church once a month but I'm saying it's way better for us to have the attitude of David who said I was glad when they said to me let's go to the house of the Lord I want to be in God's presence I want to inquire in his temple I want to hear his voice speak to me because I've got some enemies that are pursuing me And I need some help. And so to be in God's presence and to be in his house was a a priority in the heart of King David. And that's the kind of heart I would like to have and want to have in 2020. So how does your heart get fixed? How does your heart get steadfast and established in the things of God? And that's what we want to be as we move into 2020, is we want to have our hearts established. Well, um, the first statement I want you guys to write this down is that consistent spiritual discipline is not legalism. Consistent spiritual discipline is not legalism. Now, that's actually a quote from John Piper. I don't know if you guys know John Piper, but he's a, a really good theologian. <clears throat> Um, and in the natural, we we have to prepare for events or things that we're going to do. Like I use the example of a, a, a marathon. And there's an example of a story in the Bible about a person by the name of Daniel. Hopefully, everybody's familiar with him. He was actually a, a, a an Israelite, a Hebrew slave uh, in the land of Babylon. In uh, Daniel chapter six, if you want to turn there in, the, in your Bibles, and Daniel had a consistent spiritual discipline. Now there's probably over 30, I think, spiritual disciplines, I believe, 25 to 30. And I'm not going to talk about all of those today, but I want you to see what happens as a result of, of this in Daniel's life. Um, I think I have one more slide, is that uh, spiritual disciplines position you to receive God's power. They're, they're not what you do to, to, to say God loves me because I'm doing this, or God accepts me, or I'm righteous because I'm doing this. But it does position you so you can receive God's power in your life. Just like training helps you get ready to run a marathon. So Daniel 6.10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, um, they had passed a law in in Babylon that you couldn't worship Or pray to any other god except the king. And so when Daniel knew they had signed that document, he entered into his house. And now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before God, before his God. As he had been doing previously. And I underline that. When I study scripture, this, the Lord speaks or highlights things for me. It says he had been doing it previously. He was already doing three times a day. He was praying. Now, I'm not going to ask how many of you guys pray three times a day. I'm not going to ask how many of you pray one time a day. But our prayer life has got to be one of those things that's got to be strong. It's got to be unshakable. It's got to be unwavering uh, before the Lord. So the result of this uh, spiritual discipline, it positioned Daniel to receive God's power. It didn't make God love Daniel more. Daniel wasn't righteous because he prayed three times a day. But it positioned him to receive the power of God in his life. So they threw Daniel into a den of lions, verse 10. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, verse 23 Daniel was taken out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him. Why? Because he trusted in his God. He trusted in his God. His heart was fixed. His heart was established. No matter what the pressure, no matter what the political climate, no matter what the financial or economic climate, my heart is fixed trusting in the Lord. I'm not going to be shaken. No matter the bad news that comes, I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be moved. So, spiritual disciplines, they position us so we can receive God's power. So, let's talk about just a few in the last few minutes here. Uh, What can I do in 2020 to make my faith strong and unshakable? What can I do in 2020? And this is why I need the Holy Spirit. Because I can tell you a lot of the spiritual disciplines, but you've got to get it from God, what it is you want, He wants you to do. You've got to hear it from the Spirit of God, and then you've got to begin to put it to practice in your life. So the first thing I want to talk about is spending time with God. Uh, is a spiritual practice, a spiritual discipline. Prayer develops... Uh, closeness or intimacy with God so that you can hear his voice and so you're on the same page with God with what he's doing. Um, I want to give you an example of this real quickly. Um, You know the story of when Jesus told Peter that he was going to die, he was going to have to be crucified and Peter said, no, 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 man, you're my best friend, you're, you're my savior, redeemer, you know, We're not going to let that happen to you, Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? He rebuked him. He says, because you value the things of men more than the things of God. So Peter wasn't on the same page with Jesus in that situation. Because it was God's will for Jesus to go to that cross, to bear your sins and my sins. Amen? Amen. I thought somebody would be excited about that. He went to that cross. He wasn't detoured. He wasn't deviating from that cross. Uh, From the path, he didn't let Peter emotionally dissuade him from going to the cross. Okay? So spending time with God in prayer. In 2020, I'm going to say it like this, you need to find your secret place. You need to find your secret place. The scripture says when you pray, go into your closet or room. Each of us needs to find our secret place. Get in our closet alone with God and let the Spirit of God speak to us. It's in the secret place that Ramah scriptures, this is the, the, the Logos, rather, I'm sorry, the logo scriptures, the written word of God Becomes a rhema, a personal word for you. Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my sh- uh, shepherd, I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear evil. Well, that was David, but do you own that verse? Do you own that truth? Is that strong inside of you? Are you have that kind of unshakable faith that no, no matter what the valley is you're going through, uh, you won't be shaken because you know God is with you. You guys understand that? Amen. Amen. So prayer. Then studying God's word. Let, uh, Colossians says, let Christ's word dwell in us richly. We have to study uh, his word. If you want to be a growing believer, a uh, disciple moving forward, you've got to study the word of God. And then when you hear God speak to you, then you've got to begin to put into practice or training yourself to follow that instruction or whatever it is God tells you. Study God's Word. Thirdly, fellowship. uh, Church gatherings, small groups of where you get enriched. It's where you begin to share things that God's doing in you or speaking to you and somebody else begins to share things that God's doing with them. And before you know it, your inner man begins to stand up on the inside. How many of you ever experienced that? You may have been feeling down or pressed down, or a lot of struggles going on in your life, and you come to the house of God or a small group gathering, and somebody has a, a word for you that encourages you and causes your spirit to stand up on the inside. So, fellowshipping and spending time, um, in, uh, coming to church uh, rather, and spending time with God. And then, lastly, using your spiritual gifts is another thing that makes you strong. When you're using your spiritual gifts, that's like your sweet spot. That's like where where God gives you a grace to operate in whatever gift it might be, serving, hospitality, you know, whatever, prophetic or whatever. When you're operating in that, there's a strength that naturally comes that you don't have to work up or strive to produce when you're operating in your spiritual gifts. And lastly consistency that's the key now the hard thing like when i was putting this together was how do you show people the difference between legalism and consistency because uh, legalism means that you think that makes god love you and accept you Uh, spiritual disciplines or behaviors just position you to receive god's power like training for a marathon you know it it's, it's just puts you in the position to receive what God has for you. And Daniel's a great example of his prayer life, his devotion, his consecration to the Lord. Consistently. You have to do things consistently. That's how you build muscles. Now, I'm not showing out up here. But, but I'm flexing flex that muscle. But in a month, God willing, I'm, I'm going to be putting some consistency into these babies. And hopefully they're going to be You'll be able to see a difference in them. But you understand what I'm saying? It won't grow just by me wishing or hoping or you know, being uh, excited to have muscles. I've got to do something that's going to make muscle grow. Does that make sense? So that's what we want to do in 2020. All right. So Psalms 112 verse 7 it says, My heart is steadfast. It's fixed says, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. We want to be strong and trusting in God. And nothing can shape that confidence that we have in, in the Lord. No deceiving uh, message or subtle trick of the enemy can come in and pull us away from uh, being devoted to Christ. So as you prepare to step into this new decade and into this new year, take some time. Take some time. We're actually going to do communion today. This is, this is a great moment to, to do a little introspection and just see what have we been allowing to influence our lives on a daily basis. And then we want to compare that to what God would have us to be doing that's going to make us strong, stalwart believers anchored in our faith unshakable no matter what the storms that come and there's some storms coming saints there are storms coming God wants you to be prepared and ready to weather whatever storm may come Father we thank you this morning for your presence we thank you for your word Lord you said that your word would not return void God we pray in 2020 you would strengthen us God that you would help us to be in our prayer closet, listening to your voice, getting the instructions from your Holy Spirit as to what you want us to do to make us strong. And God, in your grace, would empower us to walk it out. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at CornerstoneLynchburg.com, contact us by email, CornerstoneCom at Comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.